Welcome to GRE Snacks, snackable episodes about the GRE exam and graduate school admissions. I'm Tyler, founder of Achievable, and we have an affordable GRE course that uses memory-based adaptive learning technology to get you better results in less time. You can try it out for free at achievable.me, and if you like it, the code podcast will get you 10% off at checkout. Also, if you have a question or topic you'd like us to discuss in a future episode, Please contact me at tyler.achievable.me with the subject line podcast topic. Now, let's get started. Today, we've got Jeff Eisenberg from Long Island Test Prep on the show. And you can already tell this is going to be a good one. Jeff, really excited to have you on. And if you could just explain a little bit more um, you know, about your background and your company, that would be great. Excited to be here, too. Thank you. Uh, I've been at this for over 31 years. I started out... Uh, way back in the early 90s with a, uh, a teaching degree and a social studies career, but also had been introduced to one of the big companies by a former teacher from high school and worked for them for a few years, learned how to work the tests, and I've been doing my own thing ever since. I help students prepare for the SATs, ACTs, GREs, GMATs, along with the specialized high school admissions exams. And uh, have a really good time doing it. Yeah, fantastic. Thank so you. today, when we're talking about the GRE, um, I think that we talk about a lot sort of the GRE quant, but mm-hmm. we haven't talked about the basics in a lot of ways, right? Like we've talked about stuff around stuff about the uh, the periphery of it, but I think this is a core thing in the GRE quant, which is. What are the key formulas you have to know, right? And then also if you have tips for kind of keeping them all straight in your brain, that would be great. Of course. And and you're right. There's a lot of space for learning techniques, tricks, uh, learning about the psychology of the way they construct the exam. But in the end, if you don't know the fundamentals, you don't have the basis on which to build. And so knowing the formulas, equations, key concepts, these are... Absolutely crucial. And then you can go ahead and learn the different techniques and the ins and outs of the construction of the exam. And so that's why it's just absolutely important, as dull as it may be for kids to just memorize stuff, sometimes that's just what's necessary. Hopefully we come up with good mnemonics and ways to help them out with that. But you need to know them. It's just, there's no way around it. Right. Yeah, and so where are these formulas typically coming from? Like, is it geometry, or the, and then sure. there's probably Absolutely. some algebra and some other things like that, algebra two. Yeah, and it's mainly geometry, and then there are concepts that you want to know that come from geometry, but you know, linear equations, things like that. But uh, mm. much of it is in terms of the geometry, which is also the thing that most uh, prospective grad students dislike the most by far. <laughs> that's funny well yeah then take it from the top what do you think is sort of the the place to start here sure triangles and circles they're all over the place so you want to know about the area for and of course circumference all those things the idea just that there's 360 degrees in a circle uh you'd be surprised how many people get confused between just when they say I did a 180 or I did a 360 and once you clarify that for them they have a better sense of what to do and you need those in order to apply 
certain ideas. And when they ask you about, for example, how much of the circle is being taken up when you have a 70-degree interior angle, let's say, or how much is the of the circumference is this arc that's formed by that, if you don't simply know that there's 360 degrees in a full circle, you have nowhere to go. Yeah, And so it's along with formulas, like we said, conceptually, when you're talking about the area and circumference of a circle, those certainly come up, but then there's these other things that come up and it all comes from the idea of 180 half, 360 is the whole thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you even want to like rattle off the formulas like for triangles for instance or do we want to oh, sure. that's up yeah. to you <laughs> happy i could do that all day i could just run off uh area of a triangle half time space times height uh the area of a circle pi r squared uh circumference mm. c equals pi times diameter and a little mnemonic for that cherry pie is delicious apple pies are too i didn't come up with it but i like it so i use it um and it, it works for a lot of kids Students, I should yeah. say, at this point. Yeah, I like the pies R2. I, I am, um, I, I also, I think it's important before we we move on from triangles to talk about the special triangles, because I think those come oh, up a sure. fair amount. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. 30, 60, 90, 45, 45, 90. Those come up all the time, and it's just a simple ratio. And it ties in also to the fundamental concept of the relationship between the angles and the sides. So that right. when you look at the 45, 45, 90, and you see that the two that are opposite the 45s are equal, it's a reminder, and this comes up in other questions when they're asking you more about, in effect, generalized qualities of a triangle, mm -hmm. that sides opposite equal angles are equal, and that the sides will be proportional to the angles that they are opposite. So. Right. It, it, it getting that conceptually helps you to memorize these. It also helps you to attack certain questions where knowing that proportional relationship is crucial, but they don't quite tell you that. Right. So then, yeah, then for the for these special triangles, and I'm just going to see if I don't butcher this. Uh, so it's, <laughs> you know. X, X, and X root 2 for the 45, right. 45, 90 triangle, the X root 2 being the hypotenuse. Right. And then for 30, 60, 90, what are the ratios of that one? It's X opposite mm -hmm. the 30, X rad 3 opposite the 60, and the hypotenuse is 2 times X. So it's double, it. okay. double the smallest side. Thanks. I was forgetting the hypotenuse one. I was like, oh, sure. I remember the root 3. That's always easy to remember. Right. Um, and yeah. and kids tend to students tend to get that jumbled and uh so that's why discussing the very concept of what happens with triangles in terms of the mm -hmm. angles and the sides that are opposite them and that they must be proportional it it like I said helps with future questions that rely on knowing that but it also helps you with the memorization of the, the ratio right great so now we're kind of i feel like we've got triangles circles do you feel like are spheres something that's ever calculated like volume of the sphere things like that that doesn't come up spheres that's something you'll see every once in a while on the sats and acts but you don't see it so much on the gre um it's just not really something yeah, they great. need to worry too much about 
It actually goes back into... That usually trips people up anyway. They're kind of hard to figure out. Oh, sure. <laughs> you, you, you need to know about rectangular solids and surface area. Same thing with cylinders. But uh, beyond that, it tends to deal with math that is easier than it, in the sense that you learned it when you were younger. But that's the challenge for a lot of students, especially if they weren't in STEM fields and they were people like me, history people, although I guess I just have a tendency for, um, for the math as well. But if you haven't touched this stuff in a long time and you're rusty, a lot of students are looking and thinking, oh my God, and they get upset. I can't believe I don't remember this. And I'll say, well, in some cases, we're talking about things you haven't done since middle school, a concept right. like factorial, which isn't all that difficult. Mm -hmm. But if you haven't looked at it in a decade, well, yeah, <laughs> it's going to take some time to refamiliarize, to reorient yourself. Yeah, exactly. So that, yeah. So what's next? Do we want to talk about um, you know rectangles, parallelograms? Oh yeah, sure. I, I one of the things I actually want to talk about also was the equation of a line, because that mm. is also something that it confounds everyone and it just shows up a lot. Um, yeah. And, and the whole idea, just knowing that the m represents a slope and the b represents the y-intercept. If you know those two things, you pretty much know what you need to know. And of course. The slope, yeah. the slope formula. Yeah. So what is what is this equation? Let's. I, <laughs> I think it's. I think it's good to just like call out the explicit equations. Just, Absolutely. Just uh, slope formula. Uh, if you have two points, you take it's y two minus y one over x two minus x one. So you're taking the x and y values of the second point mm -hmm. as you go to the right. And it's important to keep those straight. That's a common careless mistake you'll see is misaligning the two and the one. And mm -hmm. it, that can get you into a bit of trouble because we know when they put this test together, they quite deliberately take the time to think about what kinds of mistakes are students going to make. And then they work right. it through based on that mistake and then they make absolutely sure that that choice is hanging out, waiting for you, saying, hey, pick me. And so right. this is where taking your time, as it behooves a student throughout the test on any section, but this is yet another example of how, it's, how it behooves you to just work in a very deliberate fashion. You don't want to be on question two with two minutes left, but you want slow and steady is really what you're shooting for. Cool. Yeah. All right. So then what's next on the list? Uh, standard deviation. That's one that just drives students mad. It only shows up once in a while, but, but they get very intimidated by it. It echoes, you know, statistics classes that they either took or wish they took or whatever it may be. But it's really on the most elementary level in terms of the GREs. You can get really deep into it. But on the GRE, most often, you just really need to know that for one standard deviation, you're going approximately 34% in each direction. For two standard deviations, you're going an additional 14% approximately in each direction. And that's 
about as in-depth as it goes. Again, on the GREs, this is where they win by trying to psych you out into thinking it's more involved than it is. And mm-hmm. as a result, people lose sight of the fact that it's actually much more straightforward than they want you to think. Mm-hmm. And this is why spending time just talking about the construction of the test is useful too, no matter which section, certainly on the math. Great. Got it. Yeah. So then after standard deviation, are there other things that you have people review? Oh, sure. Just uh, looking over my, my little list that I make for my students. Um, I have a note on plugging in, but we'll save that for another time and place. Um, the, the common Pythagorean triples. I find most uh-huh. students, they know a squared plus b squared equals c squared, which is great. I, I think it's just the ABC of it all that makes that really easy for them to lock in. First of all, remembering that A and B represent the legs and that C represents a hypotenuse. Also, that it can only be applied to a right triangle. Right. Which is, again, sometimes that's something that gets lost in the shuffle. And you can do Pythagoras all day long, and that's great. But memorizing a certain set of common triples that come up will save you, A, save you time without rushing, and B, when you're doing fewer calculations because you simply have this memorized, there's fewer moving parts, there's less of an opportunity to make the careless mistake. Right. So there's benefits in so many ways. It saves you time without a sacrifice in accuracy, which is always my concern when I say don't rush, is that you're going to introduce careless mistakes and lose out on points that absolutely should be yours. So the common Pythagorean triples, at least as far as this test goes, three, four, five, mm-hmm. six, eight, and ten, which is really just a variation on three, four, five, but it shows up often enough that it's worth mentioning separately. And five, twelve, thirteen. There are others you might occasionally see an eight, fifteen, seventeen, you might occasionally see a nine, forty, forty-one. But three, four, five, six, eight, ten, five, twelve, thirteen, those are the big ones, those are the ones you really want to lock in on. Great. Yeah, I was the, I was thinking what were the most common ones, and you already answered. Well, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> so then after Pythagorean Theorem and the, the triples, are there anything, any other things that you want people to make sure they know going into this? Yes. Another oldie but a goodie and a great example of something that students haven't seen in a very, very long time is... Distance equals rate times time. Mm. And it just comes down to if you memorize it as D equals R times T. And again, my mnemonic for that would be it goes in alphabetical order. D equals Mm. R times T. They have to give you two. So then it's just algebra solve for the missing value. And again, it's one of those. It's kind of the classic a train is leaving the station traveling at 70 miles per hour and that sort of thing. When do they meet? If you just apply this formula to that question, all of a sudden, this very annoying wordy question, you break it down to basics and you're good to go. And just make sure you're making use of the on-screen calculator. It's there and make extensive use of your scrap paper. It's 
it, that's an important strategy as well. You can memorize all the formulas you want, but if you're sitting there trying to visualize everything, instead of getting that pencil moving and making copious use of the scrap paper, which is why I also recommend that students go to testing centers rather than taking it at home. But mm -hmm. it, it's, you write it all out, you give yourself something to work with, and you take it to the next level. Yeah. Great. I like that one. I feel like for uh, for sort of remembering it, you could say D equals RT looks like dirt. So I like that you one to too. Your hand, you, you need to get your hands dirty. <laughs> I like that. Uh, permission yeah. to borrow? Yeah, yeah. Thank definitely. you. Thank you. I mean, you can keep it even. Appreciate it. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. In, I'm not going to be using it probably. Okay. Uh, so then I'm curious. Uh, I'm curious what the last one is then, uh, or if or not last one, but just like if you have additional ones that you wanted to cover on this episode. Uh just one more. The rule yeah. of 180, which again I find just confounds students, probably because it's been so very long. But it's 180 degrees in the interior of a triangle, and a line forms 180 degrees it comes up over and over again very often in the same question where they're giving you both a triangle and some line extending from it and if you just know that the question's taken care of right right they're just trying to get you to figure out the angle or something absolutely do you have um do you have any kind of closing thoughts on these jury quant topics just that it takes a little bit of elbow grease, memorizing these things, doing the work. But as with everything else in test prep, you do the annoying, difficult work now. And hopefully people like us make it less annoying. But you put in the hard work now so that mm -hmm. test day is the smoothest possible experience. Yeah, fantastic. Thank you so much. This has been oh, Jerry Snacks. Hosted by Tyler from Achievable and for with Jeff Eisenberg from Long Island Test Prep. Achievable has a great online GRE course that you can try for free at achievable.me. And if you like it, use the code podcast to get 10% off at checkout.